Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 197, the identity series, I Am Known. Yes, welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone, every day. I'm your host, Lori Krieg, and I have alongside me my husband and favorite licensed therapist, Matt Krieg. Hey, everyone. Hey, Matt. That was a different hello. It, it, it was. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I also have with us. I'm trying to be more excited. <laughs> you guys, he cracked a smile. <laughs> anyway. Don't get used to it. <laughs> I also oh, have with us the most professional radio voice among us and extra smiley, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Hi, Steve. Remember way back at the beginning when I tried to say something different every time? Did mm-hmm. you? Oh, yeah, you did. It was like, hola, <gasps> or oh, howdy, or, yes, oh. aloha. There's only so many languages. And I just settled into hi, guys. I like hi, guys. Me too. But, you guys, hello, we are excited to talk today about how we are known by God and we're known by people, this continuation of our identity series. And we're going to do that by getting to know another friend in the studio with us today, Joan Rosaboom. Hi, Joan. Good morning. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. How's it feel to be in the studio? It's very different. It's my a first time experience for me. So, <laughs> uh, you guys, Joan is a long time listener and friend. We became yes. a f- we ke- became friends through the podcast. Yes. Is that true? Yes, I was trying to remember exactly when we met for the first time too. I think it's been at least three or four years. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when uh, so we've been doing this podcast thing. You started supporting it, and then we started chatting mm-hmm. uh both because you live in the area and we met for coffee a couple times you brought meals to my family several times um but Joan can you let people know a little bit more about yourself um and maybe why you're here yeah so I I do live here locally in the Grand Rapids uh, Michigan area I was born and raised here in West Michigan um and lived here until I was about 19 and then I lived out of state um for a little while as well I'm single never been married um I am a foster parent to a very sweet little five-year-old boy. Um, I was introduced to the Hole in My Heart podcast through a mutual friend. Um, and then I was thinking the same thing. We got connected and we met in person for coffee a couple of times. And uh, Lori and I realized that we share a deep love of um, deep topics and conversations. <laughs> um, and so we just, yeah, in Jesus. Yeah. And so we were able to have some really wonderful conversations. And I'm a passionate supporter of, yeah, Hole in My Heart Ministry and the podcast. And I'm just really honored to be here today. Well, I feel honored that you are here today. Um, and we, I can't wait for people to hear more of your story and what just really drew me because when we started to meet, I was like, we need to have you on the podcast. <laughs> and then I was like trying to fit it in in 2021 and 20. Mm-hmm. And then we took a big fat break. And yeah. then, but you've been on the top of my list because um, I just love how you approach life. So we're going to hear about that more. But first, we're going to be a little bit goofy. We're not going to go to OG Goofball Island for those of you who've been <laughs> oh, listening for forever. I loved Goofball Island. You were like one of the <laughs> me, very me few. Who, <laughs> if you're a new listener, Goofball Island was we'd play like games and do randomness. We did question of the week. We did Goofball Island. Then we'd finally get to like the hearty stuff. But I just was like, we need to have a mix. If we're going to do deep stuff, we're going to do goofy stuff. So mm-hmm. you were actually a fan. Yeah, well, I was. I appreciate you and <laughs> That. But the question of the week from last week, which we want to get to know you, our listeners, and we'll start with you, Joan. Are you a finder? Are you someone who finds things easily? Or are you a loser? 
That's me. You lose things easily, Joan. Go ahead. You can start. I'm definitely a finder. Are that you? was easy for me. Yes. I I it's just myself and one child in our space, but it's a small space and I can't tolerate clutter. So I'm constantly purging like three times a year. I go through all of my bins, all of my drawers. Oh <laughs> always man. purging. Everything's always in its place. Nothing is ever lost. Matt, I like feel Matt's happy energy rising <laughs> as you're I'm talking. I'm like re- restraining my hand from like reaching out and like patting you on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Matt's yeah. like, he's like, I know what we should do today. Clean stuff, organize and throw away. And I'm like, oh my word, Matt. You take to Goodwill or whatever, anything to have less stuff strewn about the floor. <laughs> Matt is also a finder and an organizer. God bless him. I will say with a wife who is a notorious purger. Purging is also a good way to lose things. Oh, that's true. Because often I'll be like, where's my, it got purged a year ago, mm-hmm. you know. The worst is when little kids ask, where is my special oh, treasure yes. letter I wrote you that says, I love you, mommy, and I will cry if you threw it away. And, and I just like, did. Yes. How did you remember that that existed? <laughs> yeah. Steve, which listener, uh, Loser or finder Okay, stood out to you. Uh, I liked what Kathy said. <laughs> we are losers. Uh, my family, unfortunately, were gifted in the losing department. Some things, you know, eventually show up, but rarely like when we're still looking for them. It's almost when we have just like kind of stopped caring or maybe we've forgotten. One time my daughter, she lost a whole suitcase full of all her favorite clothes at a hotel and you know we still haven't gotten it back still haven't found it so i guess we should stop caring huh <laughs> that is my sister kathy i was gonna oh. say she's got a good voice for radio isn't she on yeah, the, yeah. the radio mm-hmm. show with she's you she's a famous person yeah what's your song steve and kathy <laughs> this is, is not going bad? away is it no it's not <laughs> do you have a yes. song that's yeah that's our jingle I don't know. Okay. Kathy has a good voice for radio too. And I I saw when she posted that and I was like, I get that. I I resonate with that. When you finally stop caring, there it is. Mm. Matt Krieg, which listener response stood out to you? Yeah. I liked what Catherine said. She said, I am both. I think I lose my own stuff, but I'm constantly having to find my kids stuff. I wish someone could find my things for me. Amen. To your face. (laughs) (laughs) weeping and gnashing of teeth emojis why did that stand out to you matt um i live that mostly the finding kids stuff but i have been known to lose some things and then purchase new ones and then find the one that i lost on occasion (laughs) i liked this listener response hey Lori, matt steve this is josh from ohio and i am a loser of many things (laughs) Uh, so back in college, I was on my way to Cuba for a mission trip, and I had just got off the plane, only to realize that I had left my wallet on the plane. Ouch. And it was actually a horrible way to start a mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> so I texted my mom as soon as I got to the place we were staying, super spotty Wi-Fi. It was really hard to actually get texts out. Yeah, and she reached out to the airline, and we, we uh, landed back in the U.S. after we were getting back from the trip. And they found it, and they sent it back, and they said that they would be sending a check with the amount that w- of cash that was in the wallet. Um, I only had a hundred bucks, and they actually sent a check for about two hundred fifty to three hundred. I can't remember exactly, but um, way more than I actually had in the wallet. Mine was blown. Definitely was a poor college student's dream come true. <laughs> 
So, so apparently it pays to be a loser in that <laughs> scenario. Thank wow. You. I feel redeemed. I would like to know what airline he flew on. He was American, I think. Oh, okay. I wouldn't expect that from American. I'm going to lie. I wouldn't expect that from any airline. Right. All right, guys, we're going to pivot to the heart of the matter now. And Joan, as a longtime listener and friend of the podcast, uh, you know this is coming. Mm-hmm. So it, we ask every guest this, if the gospel is we're more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, yet at the very same time, we're more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. How was that gospel first good news for you? And how is it still? It's such a beautiful question and such a um, wonderful opportunity to look back and just see how faithful God has been. Mm. Um, But the gospel was first good news to me when I was 23 years old. I was living out of state in Montana at the time. I grew up going to church and parent with parents that loved the Lord, but I really struggled with like as a child and teenager with how much of a burden it felt like to me, all these rules and expectations and be the daughter that my parents wanted me to be. I mean, conservative Christian (laughs) Um, and even just, gender roles. I was a tomboy and I wanted to play outside and I didn't really want to like bake and do cross stitching. And so that, that was really hard for me. Um, so as I got older, I just didn't really want anything to do with my parents or God, or if if that's what it meant to follow Jesus. And so I moved out of state when I was 19, of course, bringing along with me all that wounding of like not being good enough and like I couldn't measure up. So in my efforts to fill that God-shaped hole in my heart, Mm. um, I realized that I could feel valued and measure up um, by receiving attention from men. And so I lived a lifestyle of going out to bars, dancing, drinking, one night stands, like that kind of that whole party what the world and TV tells you will like meet those those needs. Right. Um, and even that, there's a lot of attention even in that, like within friends of like, oh, what did you do last night? You know, and it's kind of like a badge of honor, like the crazier you were. And um, so it was kind of very momentarily and cheaply filling that hole. Mm. Um, but that went on for a couple of years. And I ended up with a boyfriend who had who developed substance abuse issues and uh, the situation started becoming very volatile and unsafe. And um, God started showing me the despair and death that had come from those sinful choices that I made. And it was at that time that the spirit started nudging me to go to church. And so I started doing that and it was on my way to church one Sunday morning um, that God just revealed to me the full reality of where I was headed And that was for an eternity without him. And I remember just being filled with a feeling of just like total despair, no hope, like not even for tomorrow and realizing that's what it is to for God to not be there for for him to not be sustaining me. Um, So that was a turning point for me in my life. And then about a year after that, God made it really clear that he was calling me back to Michigan Um, And after I moved back here, I I struggled with that move. I loved living in Montana. I worked on ranches and it it was all, that's kind of all in my blood and that's not here. So, Um, and also I had a lot of bad memories from growing up and everyone expected me to be this like rebellious. It it was really hard. But um, for the first seven years after I moved back to Michigan, I attended a really good Bible believing church, but my faith was stagnant for that whole time. And then um, I started listening to this podcast uh, a few years ago, and God used it to bring light to so many lies and deep-seated beliefs that I held about myself. 
just because of my past actions and experiences in regards especially to sexuality, shame, my worth, my value. And it brought healing to areas that had just been festering wounds for years. Mm-hmm. And that helped lay a foundation for what God had next for me. So as far as the gospel being good news for me now, in the past few years, God has taught me things about suffering and sacrifice that I never dreamed I would have to learn. Um, And I know you guys understand that too, uh, listening to your stories last week. My mom passed away a couple years ago from ALS, which was devastating. Mm. And now the sacrifice of being a single foster parent is like a daily death to self, Mm. (laughs) Um, to a little guy with significant needs. So the gospel is good news to me today because in whatever God calls me to do, His power is made perfect in my weakness. A verse that He's been using to teach me, especially over the past couple of months, is Galatians 2.20. And in the Amplified Version, it says, As far as the world is concerned, I have died, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And I remember being struck by that, as far as the world is concerned, I have died. Because I think I had had a perspective of, Um, like God is helping me more, like God is helping me to obey him and God is helping me to do these things. And I, it's a very nuanced piece of it. I did, that doesn't sound wrong, but the nuance is like, no, I can't do anything. It's not that he's helping me. He is doing it in me. And so that piece of like, I am dead. Christ now lives in me. So that's what I want my story to be. Who I was is dead. Who I am now is known, chosen, holy, dearly loved. Wow. Uh, so, guys, it maybe sounds like I put Joan in the uh, hot seat today because a plant and a plug for the podcast, but that's not even true. I didn't actually even know we were part of your testimony because yeah. we hear, you know, we hope people, oh, yes, you're the podcast, et cetera. And, and I, I think I just, maybe that's where my identity needs to grow. It's like, oh, wow, God's really doing something here. So yes. I didn't really realize this. Like, it actually did plant some real seeds mm-hmm. that produced began to produce fruit yeah i tell people that it was life-changing for me and i think that can kind of kind of sound cliche you know this was life-changing but it was because there was conversations that you were having on the podcast that i was not i could not have in church no one was facilitating the opportunity for me to talk about what i had actually done Mm -hmm. and how that was affecting me today and so being able to hear on the podcast, you all talk and, and visit with guests about things like shame and escape. And I remember an early episode when Matt was talking about escape with like sports or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was a light bulb for me. Oh, all of this behavior and I'm, I'm engaging in is escape. Mm-hmm. And it, but I had never realized that before. So yeah, it absolutely God used it to show me these areas in my life and it totally changed my faith. Mm-hmm. The emotional Tylenol. that we can take oh yeah and that makes sense you know hearing about just escape and it sounds like that was a part of your story and so you know living that life through escape never being known Mm -hmm. you know and so when Lori sent you this list of identity statements that you could talk about like this i am known you know seems like an important one was can you go any deeper into like why that one particularly stuck out to you yeah It's interesting because when I first looked through the list, I don't know why it stuck out to me. But then when I was praying through that and just asking God, why was this important? I I think it stuck out to me because it's something that I spent so many years searching in all the wrong places for. But now I'm learning what it is to be known and uh, to to know and be known by God, first of all. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, has been really impactful for me is understanding that 
when I am known by God, known and dearly loved by Him, I no longer need to search for being known in any of these other places. And then I think also as an extension of that, to be know, to know and be known by His people. It's so life-giving to experience that in the community of the church. And I see so many people who are on the fringes. They're coming to church on Sunday, but not really doing life with anyone, not really knowing people and being known by them. And I just know that God has so much more for us than mm-hmm. that. So on that, you talked earlier about being putting parts of you to death, like that God does everything. He isn't your assistant coach. <laughs> He's everything. How do you know which pieces of yourself need to be put to death mm. and which parts need to be known and like loved and accepted and cultivated? Mm. I think as far as the pieces of me that need to be put to death, that's something that I feel like over the past few years, especially as I think I've learned to I to hear his voice more and and be able to identify what he's calling me to and his work in my life is he's just so gently and kindly through his spirit pointed those things out one by one. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that I have so many things that need to be put to death and need to be worked on, but God will just point out one little thing at a time and then he'll so graciously give me the strength to work on that piece of it. But something that's also really important important to me, because I think this is important to who God created us to be, is authenticity. And so being really open in conversations, and and obviously this requires some discernment because we're not open in the same way with a really safe, trusted person in a one-on-one conversation as we are, you know, sharing something in front of the whole church or with a group or something. But, But being willing to be authentic and vulnerable with people so that we can receive what God intended the church to be, which is that you can hold me accountable and God can use you to speak into areas of my life too. So I don't know if this is totally answering the question, but I think that as far as knowing what to share and how to be known, it's just being willing to be authentic and vulnerable. I found in so many conversations, if I just, I don't always have to be perfect. If I just share what it is that I'm really struggling with, that gives a freedom to the other person to share what they're really struggling with. And God can use that to bring light and healing in those areas. So I'm sitting here like very much resonating with you. I, I can relate. I, I, I feel like um, this isn't a question. This is, this is a comment. And tell me if this is also your experience because I experienced um, – coming to a person, a a, a trusted brother in that place of shame and saying, this is who I am. And there's a little bit of, what are you going to do with this? You know? And Mm -hmm. I think it was powerful and life-giving and reflected the heart of the father when he said, okay, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you know, um, you know, I think he sensed that I was coming with a broken and contrite heart and, you know, and so he, he was in it with me. It sounds like that's what you're saying. And it sounds like that's what we need more of in the church. As a married person, I know that many of us kind of have the idol of family and that's where we feel like it's, we're content to be known there. Mm -hmm. And so as a single person, I really appreciate that you show us um, how we need to be as the church and to be known there. So how do we do that as married people and single people, like really truly know each other 
and be the church in that way? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I think that it is true that, especially with a spouse, you have that opportunity to be known with that person. But I also have experienced in conversations with women, it's really valuable for us. We can we can know each other in a different way, even also than you can be known by your spouse. And mm-hmm. I think that that's important too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I read an article a while ago and I haven't been able to find it again. I totally should have saved it. I'll try to find it. Okay. <laughs> but it was really good because it was written about programming for programming in the church, but kind of especially towards single people. And the author was describing about how God intended the church to be modeled similar to the family, like how you have grandparents and single aunts and children and married couples with children, married couples without children and single parents. And they were saying that's how God intended us to experience community within the church. And so when the church segregates out by demographic, like the single people have their group, the seniors have their group, young marrieds, et cetera, we're losing something of what God intended it to be. So this article talks about how single people can bless families by being the fun aunt or be coming to birthday parties and how uh, families can bless single people by inviting them along and inviting them to soccer games and, and including them. And I've seen so many many times in my own life experience how um, how true this is, that there's something, it's great to have single friends and it's great to be, we do need to still have conversations with people that are similar to us because there's something that they can understand and we can help teach each, teach one another. But there's something so fulfilling and I think it's because it's how God intended it to be when we have that deep relationship with like a grandma figure at church or when we just get to be part of someone's family mm as a single person. And I also think being friends and having that relationship is just doing life together. It's not overly complicated. It's just willing to authentically enter into that person's life and whatever it looks like and just be there with them in it and be helpful. That's something that I found is really beneficial for sort of building that bridge Mm -hmm. as like as a single person for me to think, how can I be helpful to this family? And I think families can do the same thing. I've had uh, a family from church. They do like fancy brunch on sun- Saturday mornings, and they just invited me to come and do it with them. And that's really fun, because otherwise I'd probably be spending all of Saturday morning alone. So it's really, it's just finding ways to build those bridges. So Joan, I, based on what Steve just asked and where you're coming from, I'm just reflecting on some of my single friends who I hear in them, really it's a longing for God and mm-hmm. good and healthy community. But this like longing to fill the empty empty spot next to them. And so whether that's like, here's my person or here's my one best friend or two best friends, like <laughs> how do you engage that space? Yeah. Well, I think that first of all, contentment and whatever God has called us to is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't come naturally. And our tendency is to focus mostly on the thing that we feel like God is withholding from us. Um, I've certainly experienced years of denial and of complaining against God. Um, the place where I am now is not the place where I've, I've always been. Um, but I think that what God has taught me about being able to be content in the circumstances that he's given me, whether it's singleness or whatever it may be, is to surrender through faith. So, It's like God giving me the faith to say, I don't understand how this can be your best for me, but you promise that you will withhold no good thing from me. So I'm going to reject the lie 
that God is withholding something good, and I'm going to believe that God has a great purpose in this, and I'm going to rest in Him even if I never see the purpose or the good this side of eternity. How does that factor into your being known by God? Like, I could make an assumptive jump of, like, contentment and, like, you're being known, you're known by God, but how does that practically look? Mm-hmm. How does contentment in your phase of life relate to your being known by God? I think it's because when we understand how truly known and fully loved by God we are, that we don't need to find these things in other places. It's nice if someone else knows me, but I don't need it from them because I have it from God. And so Mm -hmm. I think that like my identity then becomes grounded in um, who I am in Him and who He says that I am. And it doesn't become informed by maybe what people perceive that I am. And so I'm able to to let that go and to be able to just rest and being known by Him. So how does... Because I, I, I just think of this and I'm, I'm trying to go back to like high school because I was one of those kids that maybe tried a little hard in certain areas and it was like a lot of pressure mm-hmm. that other people were like maybe feeling even if they couldn't put you know put words to it um you know but it sounds like with with what you're saying like if you're really known by God and you don't need like you're not desperately clinging to to other people as like the source of your being known in that identity um, it would also change the way that you approach, you know, relationships. And, and so I, I guess would or have you seen in your life this like groundedness and knowing God actually opening you up to deeper, more genuine, more authentic and, and connected relationships with others rather than what would seem like the opposite. Well, if you stop trying, you're not going to get the relationships, mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. you stop trying and then the relationships might actually be easier. Yes, because I think if you're looking for your needs to be met in that relationship, it becomes a constant grasping. You, you're you always disappointed in that that person, no one is ever going to live up to the expectation or no one's ever going to be able to fill the full needs of our heart. And so, and I see this for single aunt, single people and married people. Say, oh, you're preaching. Yeah, it's not just you're a preaching. single issue. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is just relationships in general, mm-hmm. is that if we're looking to that person to meet those needs that we're we're always grasping for something that feels beyond our reach. But when we're able to, and I, this maybe goes back to a little bit what you were asking about what needs to die and what, um, what yeah, needs to be known, what needs to be known. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because God did create us for relationship. That is something that we need. So it's not that I would say I only need to be known by God and I don't need to have any other relationships because God did create me for relationships with other people too. I think it's having the need met in God first so that when I go to engage in those relationships, if that person disappoints me or if they let me down or if somehow they don't need to meet meet a need, that's okay because I wasn't going to them for that anyway. It's nice if they can, but if they can't, God meets those needs. This might sound like a stupid question, but it's in my head and I'm going to ask it. Do you have in your mind like a checklist of like, okay, I have my best friend, I have my second best friend, and my third best friend, and then I have my social club, and then I have my next group. Like, do you have 
Is there like your dance card (laughs) (laughs) in your mind or is it, I have God and I would like these relationships. I I guess I'm just curious. How do you perceive the relation, like practically the relationships in your life and God relationship? Yeah, I definitely don't feel like I have that list. And even if I did, as soon as I became a single parent, that went out the window. (laughs) Why? I... Who I expected to be my support system as a single parent was not who my support system ended up being. Wow. Um, So I, a lot of relationships have changed Mm. um, in that. And I've been really surprised at the people that God has brought to be the most supportive and to be the listeners and to be there practically to help. But yeah, no, I definitely, I have so many amazing relationships with people that I love dearly. I have my sisters. If I had a list of best friends, my sisters would be (laughs) the top of the list. Um, But that's even a different relationship. The unity that I have in the relationships with the people at church is something really deep and beautiful too. I'm part of a prayer group on Tuesday nights. And even though I don't necessarily spend a lot of time with those people, maybe outside of prayer, praying together, there's a depth to that that I don't have in other relationships. So I I feel that God has been so gracious and has given me so many different relationships that support and meet needs in all different areas. And so I feel very fulfilled in the relationships that I have. But no, I wouldn't say that. I have, you know, no. You embody, it just hit me while you're talking, you embody um, a non-consumptive life. Mm. And not to the neglect of yourself. Like every time we've talked, you're like, oh, yes, here's this area I'm struggling with, but here's how I'm going to God. So it's not a like, I am a stoic robot. All I need is Jesus. (laughs) But it's not consumptive either. And so I think, thank you for embodying that. And if someone is listening right now and is like, okay, uh, I, I have a checklist And I am staring at my friends or my husband or my wife or whomever to meet that need. What would be a first step for them to experience being known by God? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the consumer piece of it, because that is what changed for me, especially in my relationship with the church. I was always saying they don't have this and no one invites me and no one includes me and and there's they don't have there's no perfect group for me to be part of there was always this feeling of being left out and the reality is is that you are left out as a single person a lot i don't want to downplay that at all but when it changed when my perspective changed to how can i serve how can i invite in how can i go up to someone that's new and welcome them instead of always standing there and saying, why is no one welcoming me? Mm. When that perspective changed, that changed everything for me and my interaction with people in the church. Um, and this is more answering how to be known by people. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. But um, that that is huge because I hear that from so many of my single um, friends as well, or just from the single community in general is we're always left out. And yes, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. But we, I feel a great honor to be one of the only single people at my church. I feel mm-hmm. that I have an opportunity to help others learn how to love 
well and how to see that person who might be other and how to be vulnerable about the things that can be difficult as a single person. So I think if we can look at it from the perspective of God has placed us in the place that he has placed us for a reason and he has a purpose for us, then I think that we can have a whole new perspective in how how we look at that. So if someone was to want to shift today to a less consumptive approach to their relationships and relationship with God, what's something they could do today? I think a great place to start is to think about who's someone I can reach out to. Instead of waiting for someone to reach out to me, who is someone that we all know someone in our circle, whether it's a friend or a family member or someone from church, that we could practically do something for them today. So what could you do? How could you reach out to them and help them in some way? And I think when we when we switch from like a be served to a serve mindset, which by the way is quite is what Jesus has called us to. I think that that is a great place to start. Mm. That's huge. Um, So what I love um, of all of the, what I've heard today uh, is just the focus on being known by God, knowing that you're known by God. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of informs how you relate with others, how you are friends with people that are, maybe different from you and not looking to get something from them because you're solid in knowing that you're known. So with that, the question that we're coming back to uh, for this whole series is why do you believe that an identity rooted in Christ is so vital for, for people right now in 2023? Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for, for summing that up and being known by God mm. is where it starts and then it flows from there. Right. That That is absolutely true. Um, I think if our identity is not rooted in Christ, we'll be searching everywhere else to find it. And mm-hmm. we'll find ourselves bowing to idols mm. instead of to Christ. And so um, I think when we know and we understand that we are fully known by God, our identity can become who he says we are. Mm. Um, Colossians 3.12 says we are God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved. And when we can we can understand this is who I am. Then we have a firm foundation to stand on that's not always shifting based on how other people are making us feel. Joan, <laughs> thank you so much for coming in today. And really, I feel like they, they got a little bit of the gold that's inside of you <laughs> that the people got to see it and hear it. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, It's been a joy. And uh, friends, we're going to link to, I really want to actually put the list. We've alluded to this list of identity (laughs) statements several times in uh, this series. So I'm going to put that into the podcast notes so you guys can see that and you can choose your own adventure. You can pick (laughs) which one stands out to you and maybe meditate on that today. And perhaps it's this I am known. We do have a question of the week for next time, um, which next time, you guys, we haven't said this on the podcast yet. The reason that we're doing every other week as opposed to every week is to prevent burnout. Uh, So we're trying to have a consistent space here uh, so that our identity can stay rooted in Christ. But our question of the week for next time in two weeks is if you were a cartoon character who wore the same thing every day, what would the artist draw you in? Because you wear it or wish you could wear it every day in real life. (laughs) Steve, what would you say to that? Um. It's funny that you asked that because uh, this week that we're recording this, uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. And earlier this week, I wore this green sweater that my wife was like, you look great in that sweater. <laughs> Kelly was, would say that. I was like, She's man, awesome. I should have just waited till Friday. 
could I just wear it every day this week? And I didn't, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, but I thought I really thought about it. Maybe I just would anyone notice? Would they say? So probably for me, Levi's jeans and like some kind of sweater. A sweater. I can yeah. see it. A nice green sweater. Mm-hmm. Matt, that's basically you. You, your dad and yourself. <laughs> Twin. <laughs> He's not his real father. We just pretend that. <laughs> what, Matt? What would you say? Well, I keep going back and forth from the exact outfit that Doug Funny wore in the Doug show, which is khaki shorts and a t-shirt and a green vest. Yeah. Or a jacket, like a light jacket with lots of pockets. Mm. You do love I yourself. I do love a good jacket with pockets. <laughs> and if you were wearing the Doug Funny shorts, they would be cargo shorts because pockets. 100%. <laughs> to find all those things that we yep. lose. Yep. Uh, I think I'm wearing my cartoon outfit. It's jeans on jeans on jeans and tennis <laughs> shoes. That's basically my style. It's a jean shirt, jean pants, also known as jeans. <laughs> what would you say, Joan? You're in here still. Let's yes. talk about it. Well, I'm afraid this is terribly boring, but in my season of life, I just want to wear my ratty pajamas all the time. Ratty my, pajamas. My comfy sweatpants and my big comfy sweater. I love it. You guys, I'm hoping to hear lots of answers that are similar to Doug Funny or let's hear the, the ratty pajamas because that's that's my second outfit. Um, if you want to answer that, you can join us at the Hold My Heart podcast Facebook group. You just search for Hold My Heart podcast. There's some questions it asks you and then I let you in based on your answers, which I don't think I have not let anyone in at this point. So whatever. We'd love to have you join us uh, or you can friend me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm putting the questions of the week. They're usually on Monday nights and then we need a by Wednesday morning. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. As we wrap up, if you want to watch this episode, just remember you can go to wcsg.org slash all dash podcasts. I said all the things. Uh, wcsg.org slash all podcasts. If you want to listen, just go wherever you get your favorite podcasts and you can find us there. And hey, if you'd be willing to write us a review, that would be super awesome. Helps people find us. And if you want to share it with a friend, you, this podcast was shared with you. It just might change someone's life. That's yes. kind of nuts to say. <laughs> uh, but hey, thank you again to WCSG for hosting us here. Thank you so much to Video Guy Zach. What's up? <laughs> and that's it for us, for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>